the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. We're in a series called Freedom, and uh, next weekend we'll wrap this series up, and I hope that you'll be in church, but uh, we've looked already at freedom from anger, freedom from debt. Daryl spoke on freedom from sin, and today... I want to speak to you on a very, 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 did I say very important subject called freedom from prejudice. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. It's going to take us a little while to get there because I want to lay the groundwork uh, for that. And inside your bulletin are some sermon notes and I would love to have you uh, follow along. Now, God, God was the one who put these things on my heart today in regards to this topic. And I want to encourage you uh, today, don't, don't let something I say or fail to say keep you from hearing what God wants you to hear. I, I, I know a lot of you know this, but some of you are a little bit confused. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. That's not why I'm here. I'm I'm here to tell you what you need to hear. And what you need to hear are the truths of this book, the Word of God. This is what you need to hear. So I just want to encourage you, don't, don't, if you hear something you don't like or something I felt, don't quit. Study God's Word to know what God's Word has to say about these issues. We have an outline It's a rather simple outline. It's basically just to lead us through this discussion. But first and foremost, write this down. We want to start with this premise that the God that we serve is an impartial God. The God that we serve is an impartial God. God created all people and God loves all people. He created all of us. Every person every nation, every ethnic group, every tribe, every color, every language. And I believe this is where we should always begin this discussion because of sin and just the way we're created, there are certain people that we just don't like or there are certain people that make us upset. 
There are certain people we like to argue with. And we want to begin with this premise that every time you meet anybody on the face of this planet to remember that even the person you don't get along with or you don't like, God in heaven created that person and God in heaven loves that person. We start there. Oh, I know there will come a day of judgment. The Bible says that God one day will judge the living and the dead. And so at that moment, He will judge us according to every word that we have ever spoken and every deed that we have ever said. You don't need to worry about the judging part. God's got that covered. You don't need to worry about that. Just know that God created all people, that He loves all people. In 2 Chronicles chapter 19, the king of Judah... His name is Jehoshaphat. It's a strange name, Jehoshaphat. I'm sure he was teased a lot when he was a kid. But King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, does what most leaders do who lead countries. He appointed judges over God's people. And when King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, appointed judges over Israel, over Judah, he said to them these words in 2 Chronicles chapter 19. He told the judges, Now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Oh, judge carefully, for with the Lord there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. In other words, as a judge, you need to understand that you are doing this really on behalf of God. And so judge accordingly and I feel like I just want to say to all of you here today because most of us spend every day all of our days just judging that's all seem we do we just judge everybody and so I say to you now let the fear of the Lord be upon you judge carefully for with the Lord there is no injustice or partiality or bribery in our country the United States of America we have many sins that cannot be ignored. The first is the brutality that was shown to the Native Americans or the indigenous people who lived here and who were killed by the Europeans through slavery, rape, and war. Not just in our shores, but the entire Western Hemisphere had indigenous people and those that have actually studied the details know that up to 90 to 95% of them were completely decimated or destroyed by the people who settled here from Europe. I just finished, I just finished it this last week reading this book. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. It's a book about the Osage Indians. And the Osage Indians uh, had been moved around, kicked out of several places. They were up in what's an area, what we know today as Kansas, before Kansas became Kansas. And one day Kansas wanted to become Kansas. And so before they established Kansas as Kansas, they had to get rid of the Osage Indians. So they gave them some money for their land and kicked them out. And they ended up in northeastern Oklahoma, in an area of the country that nobody wanted. And back in those days... If, it, if the land wasn't flat, if you couldn't grow crops on it, the land was worthless. And so they sold these Indians for 70 cents an acre, the worst land in all of Oklahoma, northeastern Oklahoma. And lo and behold, one day, the Osage Indians discovered oil in them dar hills. They let people come in and start uh, drilling for oil, and 
they started paying these Indians the money and first they were paying them $20 a week and then it was $100 a week and then it was $1,000 a week. In one year alone, those Indians were paid $30 million. This was 100 years ago, 1921, equivalent to being paid $400 million in today's money. The Osage Indians, and this is true, you can research all this, the Osage Indians in 1921 became the wealthiest people in the entire country per capita. During that time period, there was one car for every 11 people in America. One car for every 11 people. The Osage Indians had 11 cars per person. (laughs) They had that kind of money. They had black maids and they had white maids serving them. And uh, I have a picture of a woman. This book begins talking about this woman. Her name is Molly Burkhart. And again, this is exactly 100 years ago. And uh, she had a bunch of sisters, and here's two of them. The girl that is seated there, her name is Anna, Anna Burkhart. The woman standing in the upper left-hand corner is her sister Rita. hundred years ago in May, the year 1921, all right, we're in June, July of 2021. This was May 1921. Anna, the sister that is seated there, is found in a ravine with a bullet that had been shot through her skull. Not too long after that, her sister Rita was in a house with her husband. The house exploded, and she died in an explosion in the house back in 1921. Then their mother was mysteriously killed. And they, they found out that there were not just a few, but literally dozens and perhaps hundreds of Osage Indians that were being killed, slaughtered, just so the person that was doing the killing could somehow acquire the oil rights, or what they called the head rights. And this book, The Killers of the Flower Moon, is really a book of how the FBI got involved because everybody was on the take. The sheriff was in on it. The government was in on it. And so the FBI came in. And so the book is really a story about uh, trying to discover who it was that was killing the Osage Indians. Now, this is just a small sample of how Native Americans were hated and slaughtered in this country. I would encourage each of you to do this, to Google Indian wars and just read about how indigenous people were treated in this country and how they were destroyed and considered as though they were not even human. Then we have the sin of slavery from the 16th century where millions of African people were kidnapped, enslaved, and shipped across the Atlantic to the Americas, originally to the British colonies, specifically to Jamestown, Virginia, And throughout the 17th and 18th centuries of this country, slavery was tragically accepted as normal. Eventually, we come to the Civil War in 1861 to 1865, where 4 million slaves were set free in this country. But even though they were set free, African Americans still suffered from what's known as the Jim Crow laws of the South. Now, Jim Crow laws were a collection of state and local laws that legalized segregation. It was meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them their right to vote in a legal way to keep black citizens from having full rights as citizens. And so they were not welcome or segregated at public parks, restaurants, theaters, universities, restrooms, elevators, water fountains, you name it. Basically, they were, not treat, they were treated as less than human. 
thankfully due to the civil rights movement in the late 1940s and throughout the 1950s, which is not that long ago, the Jim Crow laws were removed. 1964, Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act. It's legally ended segregation in schools and other public places. And in 1965, the Voting Rights Act was passed and finally allowed minorities to vote openly and freely in the South as well as in the North. And so the last 50 years, I I, want to say this, we have made some great strides as far as racial equality goes in this country. But we still have a long, long ways to go. It's one of the reasons why I'm thankful that this church, Shepherd Church, I believe, leads the example for all the other churches in this country in being a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church. Where we give the world a picture of what heaven is going to look like. Revelation Revelation 7, verse 9 tells us that when we get up to heaven, when we get there, there's going to be people from every nation, from every tribe, from every tongue. And people will be around the throne worshiping Jesus. And I just want to encourage you that when you walk into this church, and you worship with people that don't look like you and love people that don't look like you, you are an example of what God wants for this entire country to be like right here. Remember always that God created all people and that He loves all people. Number two, write this down. God expects us, you just need to know this, He expects us to get along. Now, I think he knows we won't, but that's what he expects. There are five siblings in my family. I've got two older sisters. I have two younger brothers. When we were growing up, we fought all the time. The only time we weren't arguing or fighting or positioning or squabbling or crying or pushing or shoving was when we were asleep. And we fought over some really big things, like who got the last piece of pie, and who broke my paper airplane, and why did you tell on me, and who said you could wear my t-shirt, and of course the one thing we always fought about is when can I get in the bathroom? And I'm sure we drove our parents crazy the way we fought and argued so much. In similar fashion, I'm sure God looks down on us. He created all of us. He loves all of us. He must spend half of his time up there in heaven just shaking his head because he can't figure out why we fight so much, why we argue so much, why we're so unkind to one another when we're all a part of the same family. And what really makes it mad is when it goes beyond family bickering and turns into family hatred and family division, not realizing that we are all related. We all have the same blood going through our veins. We all come from the same lineage of Adam and Eve. We all come from the same dirt, the same dust. Granted, some of you come from yellow dirt, some of you come from brown dirt, and black dirt, and white dirt, and red dirt, but you're still just dirt. Prejudice. Prejudice is when you believe that 
your color of dirt makes you better than someone who has a different color of dirt. And God just shakes His head at us. And He thinks to Himself, you cannot be that ignorant. And yet we are. James, I told you you would get to it, says in the second chapter, verse 1, My brothers, my brothers, as believers in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Don't do it. Now, this word favoritism, we're not supposed to show favoritism. What does that word mean? I want you to write this down. This is very interesting. It's a Greek word that they just kind of put together. It's really two words that they just mashed them together to make up a word. And the first word is the word for face. And the second word he used is a word in the Greek for taking. So he just kind of puts them together and he says, hey, as believers, don't, don't be face-taking. Well, what does that mean, don't be, don't be face-taking? Well, uh, stay in James because I want to read some of these verses, but over in Romans, it says the same thing. In Romans chapter 2, I'll put it on the screen. It says, for God does not show favoritism. And what that means and how it reads is there's no face taking with God is how that reads. Goes all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 1, all the way back in the beginning of your Bibles, the beginning of the Old Testament. It says, do not show partiality in your judging. In other words, no face taking in judging. What does this phrase mean, no face taking? It simply means that you don't take someone's face and make a judgment about the person based on how their face looks. So a judge in a trial should never make a decision in the course of that trial based on how the person looks. There are so many scriptures like this that God doesn't judge a person by his face or by his appearance. Again, the Bible establishes the standards for impartial justice. And that fact was finally dawned on uh, by Peter in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. It was proclaimed by the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2, verse 6. And here it is put to words by James in James chapter 2. Don't show favoritism. Don't judge a person by his face. Down in Oklahoma, we'd say don't judge a book by its cover. It's hard for us not to do that because of the talking heads on television get paid to divide us. Thomas Sowell said that racism is not dead, but it is on life support. But it's being kept alive by politicians and race hustlers and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racist. And I I tend to agree with that statement, but I believe that most Americans, that most people, I'm talking about the vast majority of people who live on the streets, that they do get along with each other. And there are those who seek to divide us, and we're so foolish for allowing them to do so. Now, I would admit to you, I'm admitting this, that there are some people who are prejudiced in this country. They're they're everywhere. But I believe they're in the minority. What's being taught today is that everyone is a racist. That's what you're being told, that everyone is a racist, and that is simply not true. 
Most people in this country understand we're one race. Going back to James, says, he says, as a believer, you should not be showing favoritism. And he uses an illustration in this text that is common that we do the same because oftentimes we judge someone according to their skin. James uses an illustration that we should never judge anyone according to their wealth. Now, he could have used any illustration. He chose wealth. He says in verse 2, James 2, verse 2, suppose, and he just, you know, he could have said anything, but he said, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring, and in the Greek, it's a word that means he actually literally has a gold finger. And he has a fine clothes, and, he's, and then you have a poor man that comes in in shabby clothes. He also comes in. So you have two guys. One looks rich, one looks poor. He says in verse 3, if you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes, the gold finger guy, and you say, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you've got to stand over there or sit here on the floor by my feet. He said, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and you have become judges with evil what? Thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, we we spend most of our time judging people. We don't like people who drive slow. We don't like people who drive fast. We don't like certain people because they're born on the wrong side of the railroad tracks or we don't like someone because they sing better than us or they're more gifted than us or a better leader than us. They got a better seat than us. And all we're doing is setting ourselves up as judge and jury and those are evil thoughts because we're either thinking about what they can do for us or we, tr- we like to criticize people so it makes us feel better about ourselves. 1 Samuel 16, 7 The Bible says that the Lord does not even look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, you realize how much time we spend in our life just worrying about our outward appearance or the outward appearance of someone else, and the entire time what we ought to be spending our time on is what's happening inside of our heart. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach.
We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.